But to see Nate Roberts decommit, and from everything I've heard, I I haven't had a chance to go up and introduce myself to Nate yet. Um, I mean, by the way, just watch. You can tell Nate Roberts when you're watching a Washington football practice, and there's like four other Division One prospects on that team. Uh, it, is Oklahoma back in the mix now? Is is this one of those that can maybe soothe some of the ails of Oklahoma fans right now, or might he be looking somewhere else? In the mix, yeah. Well, I mean, we leave. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, there have already been predictions. Of course, Josh put in a flip prediction. The uh, rivals platform doesn't allow you to put in flip predictions for some reason on the software, but Brandon and Parker have both said they would put in a prediction. And I know what the text line's going to say. Well, those guys had predictions in for Williams Winery. Why should we believe them this time? You know what, guys? Just just don't let it hurt you. Don't let it hurt your heart that much. <laughs> Nate Roberts, all signs. He works out with Kevin Sperry. Here's the thing. We should have put Kevin Sperry on the Winery recruitment because that dude, between him and Emmett Jones, my goodness. I, uh, you know, they're, they're ace recruiters. And, and, and make no bones about it, Kevin Sperry is a big reason why Nate Roberts obviously is uh, – um, started a trend. Obviously, Notre Dame, some people on that side, they've kind of maybe lightened up on him a little bit, or I don't know. He's, I mean, he's the number two tight end in the entire country, I believe, two, three, something like that. Um, anyways, it would be a big-time get for Oklahoma, and I expect that to happen probably sooner rather than later because, I mean, he was already committed young anyways to Notre Dame, so it's not like he's one of these guys that wants to wait until, you know, signing day of his senior year or anything. Do you know on – Let's see, today is Tuesday. On Thursday night, Washington is going to Midwest City, and I think they've got a big scrimmage. You might have to get down here for that, Trav. The, I think Tuttle's going to be out there. And like you said, for, for OU football fans, you know, uh, uh, not Midwest City. Where, where is – yeah, it's Midwest City. Where, where are they all – where are they yeah. all tra- – Carl Albert, sorry. Yeah, Midwest City, Carl Albert. Yeah. I got there. But they're going to have a scrimmage out there. And for OU fans, you're going to want to watch Carl Albert. You're going to want to go out and maybe – see Nate Roberts, I think they're going to line up against each other. I think Carl Albert and Washington are going to have a couple of uh, games against each other. I mean, that's going to be big time on Thursday night. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we've got the JP and Trav show on Thursday night, so I probably won't be over there. Make it mobile. uh, Lee Summit North. Make it mobile. Lee Summit North is coming to Union High School uh, for a uh, a scrimmage as well. So might be able to check out Isaiah Mosey and Kamari Moore. And there's not anybody on that roster that is notable outside of <laughs> Kamari Moore no. and Isaiah Mosey. Hey, so hey, let's get to why we had you on. So Nate Roberts is decommitted from Notre Dame. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the day. Um, I don't know. I'll have to double check with what I'm allowed to or not allowed to do from a uh, perspective of trying to sway his decision. I don't want to get OU in trouble, but – Nate, you've got an open line on this show. We could have the Nate Roberts show. He can jump on anytime he wants. But uh, we bugged you earlier because, obviously, it was pretty tame. I thought listening to Tyler yesterday, I, I didn't think it was as bad as I expected on the air. But then I jumped on social media, and it really seemed to be pretty acerbic in, in a lot of anger out there. Chad, from your perspective and following this, covering it, being a fan of it, loving it, what went wrong? Why, why have we seen some of the reaction that we've seen to this? Yeah, I think – I think the reason you've seen some of the reaction is, you know, OU fans want a head on a platter. They want somebody to blame who didn't do their job well enough because they can't fathom losing a kid to Missouri. Right. I mean, it's as simple as that. They're saying, I had somebody ask me if this is a fireable offense for Miguel <laughs> Chavis to lose Winery to Missouri.
is a guy that in his first cycle, a full cycle as a recruiter, landed a five-star defensive end in P.J. Adebowale. I mean, literally wanting, asking me if we should fire Miguel Chavis over this. This is, I don't know what type of irreparable damage David Hicks did to the psyche of OU fans, but this recruitment mirrors P.J. Adebowale's far more similarly than David Hicks's, you know, you know, obviously outcome aside. But, I mean, P.J. got signed nine months ago, top-ranked player out of the state of Missouri. And you know what's funny, guys, is last cycle, before this new state NIL law got passed uh, for the state of Missouri to be able to start paying you early and giving them such an advantage to in-state prospects, Missouri lost out on the top six recruits in their own state last year. OU took the number one and the number three overall recruits in their state. Oh, and by the way, next year um, we've got Isaiah Mosey, Crystal Balls, 100% of the Crystal Balls coming to OU. Jaden Nickens with a top three receiver uh, offer for them. So, like, make no bones about it. I mean, Missouri has some relationships, but they, because of state laws, have an inside track that I'll, I'll be completely honest. I miss, you know, or I underestimated. I think some of my colleagues underestimated, our colleagues underestimated, and that's totally fine. But a lot of these guys, they can only go off the information that they have, and you can't ask for their heads on a silver platter because, you know, a 17 year old and his family didn't pick to go to Oklahoma. What do you make of the, hey, I chose Missouri over Georgia? portion of this i mean i don't know kids say a lot of stuff uh i I have no reason to believe that he wasn't being honest about that he said that oklahoma led for a long time um so again these things are very fluid especially when you're dealing with you know when you rise in the rankings it's money different kind of money gets involved different kinds of priorities get involved things like that georgia recruits extremely well there's no doubt about it but again we had people that were told here locally that, I mean, across multiple different platforms with different connections, that it was down to Oklahoma and Missouri. Even Missouri side was saying that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's certainly interesting. I don't really take a lot of, I don't know, a lot of what kids have to say after the fact to, to really matter much because, as we know, like a lot of these recruits shoot multiple videos and have multiple interviews ready to go for their announcement, right? They're, they're canned, right? They're canned stories with different quotes. So, I mean, I know for a fact that David Hicks shot one for OU saying why he chose OU and why he decided to commit to them. So, like, in a lot of these, I think if you, I think if you understand kind of those processes that go on, you can't always take those kind of post-commitment interviews for, you know, absolute gospel because, again, they're doing these with multiple different schools. We're hanging out with Travis Davidson. Of course, you can hear him all over on the ref and also at Travis Skoll on Twitter. Do you um, – gosh, I just feel like there's – I want to just roll with every text question that we get that is upset about the money side of this. You have you know, set up NIL deals, Travis. You understand them. You know what they're all about. Can you just give that reassurance to those who feel like Oklahoma is in a spot to where they're not doing what they need to do NIL-wise? Right. I mean, there's a couple factors with this specific recruitment we need to look at, Chris. It's, I mean, 
Missouri currently, after landing the number one recruit in the nation, has the fifty-five, the fifty-fifth ranked class in the entire country. They have only two four stars, and they've got the one five star. Right, the rest are are three stars or uh, or below. And that's the thing. This recruitment was so important to Missouri. It does not matter if you damage locker room dynamics. If you end up spending so much on him that maybe you can't go back to the boosters and say, hey, oh, by the way, we're also after four other five stars and 15 four stars. Like, like this was, the way that Drinkwitz reacted, that was him jumping into his buddy's arms because that probably saved his job. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Missouri had an in-state guy that was the top-ranked guy in the class with new NIL laws. They had to throw every dime they could muster at this guy because it's kind of like if you weren't willing to throw every dime, then then what are you even doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. if this isn't the guy you throw the money at, then who is it? Meanwhile, I mean, Oklahoma fans are saying, oh, well, we need to spend more in NIL. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say so. We're highly competitive. Jaden Jackson is – is a great example of that. We were heavily involved in NIL and the Jaden Jackson deal, and we will we will continue to be heavily involved with NIL. I mean, it's it was reported widely that our NIL deals were better than uh, Tennessee's and Georgia's for Winery. So, I mean, again, it meant a lot more to Missouri. I get that. Oklahoma's fine on the NIL front, and David Stone is really the recruitment you've got to look at because we've gone into Missouri's backyard and bullied them for their top recruits. Like, for them to get this one because literally the coaching staff said, hey, if I don't, I'm, I might get fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's fine. We've got, again, we've got to spread our money out to, I don't know, Dominic McKinley. Again, I'm not wildly confident in that recruitment, but we're definitely going after him. Danny Okoye, you know, McKinley, Nigel Smith is a top 100 guy. We're still trying to, you know, kick the tires on Zena. We've got David Stone coming down the pipeline. We've got – Bricks. We've got like all these guys. Missouri doesn't have to worry about that. They need one big bag for Ryan Wingo and one big bag for Williams Winery. And if they land those two, they could have Josh Helmer, Chris Blank, and Travis Davidson make up the rest of their class, and they'd be happy. And that would be one heck of a class uh, mm-hmm. if we're a part of it. The uh, the transfer portal piece of that. I mean, th- that was something for me yesterday to where it's you know it's not even just the rest of the members of this class. It's what Oklahoma has done out of the transfer portal, too. You just can't have it all, can you, right? I mean, you, you can't be successful at all of it. I mean, sure, you, you can if you succeed on the field, right? Because, <laughs> like, that's that's the problem is I know that there are a lot of players. And Danny Okoye said this on the KREF airwaves when he came and did uh, that interview with us was he looked at 6-7 and seven and said, well, this, why would I go to a program that went 6-7? and seven? Because these are kids. They don't necessarily have the historical perspective of these programs, right? Maybe if they didn't grow up watching a ton of college football or anything like that. So with that, like that 6-7 and seven absolutely hurt us. But if you come out and you pitch 10 wins, 11 wins, something like that, and you're able to prove it on the field, then absolutely. You thought it was good to get to Sam McCullough and Rondell Bothroyd and Reggie Pearson. Oh, mama. I mean, you, you go out there and win 10, 11 games, then not only does your recruiting improve, then, yes, your transfer portal recruiting improves drastically. I mean, we can go down a laundry list. We would, we'd, we'd go into uh, you know, the noon hour if we went through the laundry list of all the transfers that have been successful for us and all the high-touted recruits that didn't do a 
dang thing for us. Just being a little modest here, Travis, uh, obviously you hope they get all four of McKinley, Okoye, Stone, and Smith, but let's say it's Stone and Smith that join this class. What type of class is it for OU? Uh, a great class. I don't know when the last time is you got an you know interior five-star defensive lineman and another top 100 defensive lineman to add to that. Yeah, and and like I said, not mentioning Okoye because I think that guy's ceiling is is the ceiling is the roof. But it's yeah, I mean that's a really good class. You had you know you add others to that mix, but David Stone is the prize here. And Winery, top-ranked kid, absolutely guy we were trying to pull out of somebody else's backyard in the face of, you know, unique NIL opportunities that, that were disadvantaged. Absolutely. Wanted him, still want him, still want OU to try and flip Williams and Mary with everything they've got. But David Stone is the guy that's been circled on people's calendars and in their rankings since he was a freshman in high school. That's who you have to land. And then after that, you lean on Dominic McKinley, see what happens there. Two, two quick ones. I want to – this text message I thought was, was really good because it came from Ted's mouth, and it also might explain why sometimes there are these last-minute flips. Uh, from the 405, they write, Ted made a good point yesterday. I think the recruits genuinely like the OU staff, and because of that, they're somewhat reluctant to let them know they aren't coming. So they continue to say OU is in a hunt. You buy that? Absolutely, and I want to add to it, actually. So there's a common misconception, in my opinion, that recruits are playing OU. Because here's how I go. You guys know, you know as well as anybody, if a recruit doesn't come to OU, it's because they played us and lied to us <laughs> and they right. you know, were just using us the whole time and they went and took money somewhere else. If they commit to OU, then they love the University of Oklahoma, the coaches, the relationships – the foundation, they don't care about money, they care about winning, right? Like, that's, that's what we, we assume about every recruit, right? But with this in particular, I just don't feel like, I don't feel like we're being played. I don't feel like there's any, I don't, I don't believe people are genuinely evil to go ahead and lead on these people that, you know, this is their livelihood. Keep in mind, these, these recruits, they know Todd Bates' kids. Right. They know his family. They know Miguel Chavis. They know his wife. They know... All the, I mean, they, they know these people. They FaceTime these people. They talk nearly every day. These are relationships that are built over years and years, and they're deep relationships. So you hear recruits talk about it all the time and say, what was the hardest part of your recruitment? Man, calling the coaches and telling them thanks, but no thanks. I'm going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And when you lean into such a relational recruiting approach, yeah, Ted's, Ted's you know, nail on the head, head on the nail. That's exactly what's happening is, they don't want to call Todd Bates because they've got relationships, again, with their families and everything like that, and that's what makes our staff so good at recruiting. They landed the number four class off a six and seven year, for goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. Which gets me to my final thought, uh, Trav, and I really appreciate you coming on. I've done this to you too many times. One of these days I'll get better at planning. Um, (laughs) How how important is that success on the field this year in the recruiting world? How – Obviously, it's important from fans, and you want to win games, but just in keeping what this 24 class looks like in 25 together, can we even begin to stress the importance of dubs here in 23? It is absolutely paramount. You get you get your excuse one time. Mm-hmm. right? You get to play the, hey, this wasn't my roster card one time. But 
the thing about roster turnover, Chris, is, well, now they're your guys. That's right. So you can say, hey, we had to replace all these guys. Cool, you replaced them. So these are your guys now. And honestly, I think that's why a lot of coaches quietly, some not as quiet as others, don't want Dion to succeed because he turned over so quickly that if he's able to turn it around quickly, it means, oh, crap, we don't have as long of a leash as you used to. Keep in mind, coaches used to have four or five years, you know, at least their full four years at minimum to try and get a full cycle of their guys in. Well, Brent's going to be, you know, a victim of, of that type of criticism if, if things don't, you know, things don't turn around on the football field is, hey, you got your guys in there now. Mm-hmm. If you look at starters across that line, or across the you know the the starting twenty two if you will a lot of those guys you brought in so what's your excuse now so yeah winning is of utmost importance this cycle you're the man Travis appreciate your time it's Thursday night is that whenever you and JP got your show you mentioned it but Thursday night right yeah we do Thursday night and then I'm on Friday this week because I think Teddy's uh, switching around so I'm two nice. to six I'll be doing locked in on Friday um, and uh, be going two to six but. Everybody out there, move on from David Hicks. He can't hurt you anymore. (laughs) Until he transfers back in next year. All right, buddy. I appreciate your time, Trav. Go follow him on Twitter at Travis Skull. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. It's really good stuff. I like Travis a lot, in case you can't tell. There is this. Can I read this real quick? You may. And I'm going to try to generalize this a little bit, but – I'm okay with losing Winnery, writes the 8-3-2. But the forecasting of the big recruits to OU just to watch them pick another school is driving me crazy. That was my edit, sir. I hope you accept that edit. I wonder where I could place a different word or another word. I know insiders can't read the kid's mind, but don't get me hopeful. Or maybe get new or better sources. Or for the love of God, stop telling us Bates and the staff have the best relationships when it's obvious that doesn't matter. I can't trust anything anyone's saying about David Stone or even Bricks for that matter. No, and, and that's a it's fair a hard world. That's a fair complaint that, that I think a lot of people have is you feel misled, right? You feel misguided. It's recruitments of 17, 18 year old kids. Right. A lot of what I know that there's some fans that don't want to hear this or won't agree with this, but the reality is when Nary said Oklahoma led for a large portion of this, right. and then they didn't. And so the recruiting experts thought Oklahoma was in the lead. They were wrong. I just can't. I've never really been big in that world of crystal ball projections or rivals cast or whatever, because it's, you're trying to pick the brain. It's not an exact science of 16, 17, 18 year old kids. And I mean, I'll tell you one thing you, let me give you a quick example. My nephew, Jonathan walls is going to college this year. If you were to ask like four different of our family members, including those that you think are closest to him, they would all have a different explanation of what he's doing or what he wants to do. It would be like, ah, oh, you know, I, I hear he's on his way here. And he's not an athlete. He's just where he wants to go to school. 
and what he wants to do at and school. what he wants to do because right that's he's not that he's told a different story but his mind changed a lot my college decision and my son's college decision are one of the few where it's like that's where I want to go that's where I'm going I, most people in life your mind can be changed you change your career you transfer on and on I I will say on my other topic today speaking of recruits that you lost and it still hurts you notice the inbox isn't blowing up with people because there's not that many they're searching for the receipts they're trying to find the receipts like crazy my man bumpy Rhodes behinds did bring up rw mccorders now that is a that is a deep pool <laughs> i think we can point a finger at schnelly on that one Here's one. Um, Linebacker, yeah, that you mentioned from LSU was yeah, really Yeah, Jacob good. Phillips, Brazilian Sooner. You mentioned people complaining about Jacob Phillips and the recruiting loss to LSU. He became a third-round uh, third pick. In that same class, we got a three-star in Kenneth Murray, who was a first-round talent. Yeah, and was a safety when they brought him in. All right, when we come back, let's hit these text lines. These Knippelmeyer Chevrolet techs because they're absolutely fantastic. We're grateful for the support of Allison Insurance, health insurance, life insurance, Medicare supplements, you name it. You and your family are covered, and Allison Insurance has been there for over 60 years. 405-745-2968. It's the Plank Show right here on the road. I thought this was really good. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Sometimes you have our trusted vets on this show, like Jesse G, who comes in with that sense of calm and logic and a point to where if you hear what he says, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. Jesse writes, I think some of these people get the most angry at the fact that they take these predictions and then proceed to go and talk trash all over Twitter then look like idiots when the kid goes somewhere else. Maybe just be a decent person online, and it won't hurt so bad. And, and then, then there is this. Funny how every time experts on the station miss on recruiting predictions, the next day they talk about how it's not an exact science. I don't expect you guys to get it 100% of the time, but geez, keep it positive, though, and don't mention the negative text. Typical. Uh, Boy, that guy had no patience. Literally, he sent the text at ten twenty nine. I feel like we've we mentioned. I think it's been mentioned a lot. I think we try to be balanced on it. Uh, Four oh five. Relax, Sooner fans. So when did a five star defensive lineman on the two thousand? Oh, <clears throat> me rereading. Relax, Sooner fans. Did we have a five star defensive lineman on the two thousand championship team? I don't remember what the players were rated during recruitment. But if BV turns the record into a 10-win season in 2023, who knows who we can get in the transfer portal later. That's, that's what I like. The game, the game has changed. You, you don't have to land everybody out of high school. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt, right, to get Winery Stone, Adabare. Yeah, no, not at it. all. I think everybody understands that. But you can find some of those guys later on. More now than ever before. Can can I ask a – this is a very, very honest question, and I will – I'll read the first three texts that we get on this. Just be honest with me. Bang, bang, bang. You ready? Okay. 
Would you rather have the kid commit in August and say he's coming only to change his mind and stay home in November and December? Or would you rather just have him say he's going somewhere else now? It's like some people are like, just just commit. All you have to do is commit. I mean, would you rather go ahead and get the Band-Aid ripped off in August? Or are you of that perspective where it's, no, 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 you need to commit to me. I'd much rather him change his opinion in November or December when we've counted on him for so long. I'll take option three, which is he commits to Oklahoma and sticks with Oklahoma. Right. But out of those two options, obviously you'd rather – you'd like to make other plans, right? I mean, when you uh, get to the December early signing period and somebody was committed, then all of a sudden they flip. It takes options away from you. So out of those two, yes, you'd rather this. You'd like to know that they're not coming. You got to know. You got to know. that That's me. That's, that's me one bazillion percent of the time. Let me know now. And then we'll get to the, uh, and then we'll get to figure out what's next. Now, commit now, flip to OU later. That's from the four hundred five. Wait, wait, no, hold on, hold on. I didn't give you that option. I think that's what everyone wants to see. Old saying goes. Uh, let me see if I can clean this one up. No, I don't have to. A bullet to the head is better than five to the chest. <laughs> wait, that's an old saying. Who's dropping that one out there right now? Holy smokes. Well, you know, like my granddaddy liked to say. A bullet to the head is better <laughs> than five to the chest. chest. <laughs> uh, and then I, I said, I'll, I'll read the first three. People forget that OU wasn't even in consideration for high defensive recruits when Lincoln was here. Relax and trust PV and coach to find and develop players. But, again, this, this goes back to what we were just talking about, Josh, what we were just talking about. We compare this to Jordy Ball in the reaction simply because, hey, I was worried about how people would react. I was really worried. And it was smooth, and it was great, and it was awesome. Because, yeah, it sucked to lose Jordy Ball, but people appreciated her accomplishments and what she did, blah, blah, blah. Reaction to Winery is infinitely worse than anything I think I've ever seen on the recruiting trail since DJ Hicks, who, as Travis said, don't let David Hicks hurt you anymore. But I also think, to that texter's point, part of that is, you know, there's a belief that it's going to be okay over off the corner of Imhoff and Jenkins. And there's still some concerns about, hey, not only did we go 6-7 and seven last year, but we are upgrading – you know, exponentially, infinitely, whatever term you want to lo- use in competitiveness at that position. And the two guys that we needed, we didn't get. Right? A couple of them, anyways. Yeah. For now. For now. You did get Adabare, but. You did get Adabare. And you might get Stone. Who, by the way, side note, whenever we brought up our conversation yesterday, if you missed it in hour one about practice notes and just kind of unloading the different things that the different things that we've talked about from practice. We talking about practice and scrimmages on Saturday and we unloaded our notebook in, in hour one Monday. Someone said we didn't talk enough about PJ Adabare and the role that he's going to have. So there's that. Somebody who somebody in the know? Somebody who never tells me anything and then was like oh, Adabare. All right, quick break. Um, it's 10 
30, it's 1036. There's so much good stuff on the Let's get to line. it next. Let's just roll through it next right here on The Ref. Dude, I was just thinking about this. Nate Roberts just tweeted, too. Uh, oh, by the way, has it been re- – can Chris Plank give a crystal ball? Please. Am I allowed to do this? Well, we can't call a crystal ball. What can our projections be? What can we call if I have a recruiting projection? What can we call it? Is there anything from the world of wrestling? Oh, this is good. Um, go with the power leg drop. The um, oh, is be, there like g- there's no wrestler that was involved with like predicting the future or anything? And there was the Undertaker. So I, is everyone so doom and gloom? Maybe there could be some sort of uh, R.I.P. predictions. Kane. Jeez, I could really go back. We could have the oh, I got it. I've got it. Okay. The SD Special Delivery Jones Projection. <laughs> special Delivery Jones, for some reason, was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid. Don't make fun of me. He was a jobber. Special Delivery Jones, Coco Beware, and uh, Hillbilly Jim were my three favorites. And every time Special Delivery Jones wrestled Josh, it was against Big John Stud, And he would always lose. Maybe he was a jobber. I mean, Ned Roberts is going to Oklahoma. So I just – I could not be happier this morning. There you go. Uh, special delivery – My special delivery Jones, my SD Jones projection. Planks SD Jones. <laughs> we will come up with something better than that. My Lenny Poffo my Lenny projection. The Because G- Lenny Poffo was the genius. And he would, he would, he would tell you he would, he would basically educate you. Um, the plank, the, okay, CD from uh, Hockley, that's pretty good. But the we plank always, bank, but, on but it. see, it, it, it was the wait. Hold on, he added something to it because the bank plank is the charity, right? That it goes straight to my pockets. The plank bank on it is pretty pretty good. That's not bad. Now is plank bank affiliated with uh, Fleck Bank? <laughs> I completely forgot about the Fleck Bank. I can't let it. I don't think I'm gonna let it die. Oh, dude, let me tell you something. I'm. I, I just tweeted this. Nate Roberts, by the way, also sent this out. It, again, welcome to the Plank Show on a Tuesday. When uh, when Ari Williams, when Ari, wait, why can I not say this kid's name right? What that doesn't matter anymore. Winero. <laughs> he ends up committing to Missouri yesterday. We've had a long conversation. It's not just about Winery, but it's also in depth about. All right, well, where is Oklahoma? Is it is it doing the necessary things in NIL and Cruton? And why can't we close on a five-star? So it's led to a deeper conversation. People are mad at the the, the projectors and those that cover recruiting, and that's, that's I guess that's part of it too. But in all of this frustration, Nate Roberts has decommitted from Notre Dame. Quote, I have made the decision. This was a tweet that he sent out 44 minutes ago. I have made the decision to decommit from the University of Notre Dame. I want to thank Coach Freeman, Coach Parker, and Chad Bowen for the opportunity and wish them and the Fighting Irish the best going forward. Now, no, we can't use that one, 918. We can't use the steam. <laughs> that one. That, that, yeah, I, that, that one made me uh, <laughs> laugh a little bit uncomfortably on air. We would have absolutely canceled. I would have been fired so fired as soon as that happened. <laughs> And here comes Plank. Um, but I had been told with Nate, and like I said, I don't really know Nate yet. Obviously, I've been to every single one of his Washington football games, but 
I haven't really taken the time to get to know his his family too terribly well yet. I know our bosses here are very close with his family, and it was uh, it was pretty pretty cool to see him have the success that he's had and the opportunities that he's had. But from those who were around Nate, they felt like it was pretty slam dunk that he was gonna he was gonna be Notre Dame and there was gonna be nothing that changed his mind. Well, fast forward, what when did he commit? A month ago. Fast forward a month later, and here we go. Kevin Sperry. Kudos to Kevin Sperry, man. Kevin, don't you be trying to get him to go out there to play with you at Carl Albert. He's here in Washington. We had to we, we just got all the registration papers. We had to prove we had to prove our residency last night. So don't you be trying to come in here with any of your trickeration, Kevin Sperry. Plank's wild pitch. That's pretty good. <laughs> Pile drive projection, not bad. Um good for Nate Roberts. I don't know how – I don't see anywhere on here I'm reopening my recruitment because I think this is pretty much a shift towards where maybe maybe there's a little bit of a shorter drive. Four words, please respect my decision. Yeah, I think that's coming out soon. I think that's – so do we – are you guys better now? We good? Everyone okay? So in, in recapping here, the practical plank prediction – forecasting toward Oklahoma for Roberts yes that's what I would do the plank rank I don't think you people would be very happy with the plank rank either because basically I will just project everyone to either Oklahoma (laughs) or the University of Tulsa (laughs) what is it what is it the recruiting prediction machine on uh on three words (laughs) fans Fans can vote it's like well it looks like 70 percent of the fans are voting that he's on his way to here i i i wish i think it would be cool if you were a mid-major school that had a massive online presence to just go vote and project every single five-star guy to your school fan projection on in our on commitments what are we even doing what are we doing right now on three Doing everything so good. Uh, I had a text earlier that really has resonated with me, and there is there is a lot of truth in this, but I also want to step back and defend our people here, Josh Hellman. I want to defend our people because, honestly, I feel like Sooner fans do get a a, a very, very bad rap. And with that in mind, Here's a text from the 918. There is a reason why other fan bases think OU fans are D-bags. Yesterday is a prime example of why they are right about a similar amount of the OU fan base. I've said this once. I'll say it an infinite amount of times. It only takes a couple of bad eggs to spoil the overall perspective of an entire group of people. It's the reality of it. You could have – it takes one bad day for you to suck at everything you do. When yeah, you, you can to, do a million great things, and one bad day, it's gone. Now, I do want to point out that this is when someone's like, well, tell that to an airplane pilot. It's like, Calm down. Listen, we don't have to get all crazy tragic on this, okay? The reality is that's what usually happens. The reality is, and it's gone. And honestly, of most of the overtly – angry, negative, horrific people on any fan base, any fan base, only a few of them really put their name to it. Most of them are uh, at Sooner Q5 62431 exclamation point negative sign on Twitter, right? It's never usually 
the most open people about who they are. <laughs> you find I was like, dude, that guy told Winnery that he wants to fight him. And then you find out that they don't even have an avatar. It used to be an egg, and now it's a shadow phase. And, again, sometimes it's other fan bases that are trolling, but it doesn't take much, man. I think for the most part. Was yesterday a little bit, ugh, gulp on Twitter? Sure. You knew, you knew it but would be, But you knew be, it though. would be. You knew and it would be. I, I saw – I don't remember who it was. I need, to, I need to go scroll. But someone said, yeah, we had given you a heads up, and so you should have known this. Yeah, no, no. Even if you had given people a heads up, when you tell someone something for four, three months – that's not going to be able to change a reaction in a short amount of time by a massive amount of people that live and die with this stuff for some reason. Oh, we got a break. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. But it's, it's it's fair that you step back and you think, yeah, you know, it's not necessarily where I'm looking at 50 terrible people. I'm looking at a couple of terrible people. And those terrible people, if they're real or just some sort of persona that's been created online, they can end up doing more damage than all the positivity out there. Because uh, the negativity sticks with you. Oh, God. Right? I mean, it's how many times have you and I... Even if it's from a fake account. How, how many times have you and I sat here and talked about the overwhelming response is so positive, and yet, you know, one or two negative ones oh my God. spend and, more time thinking about those. some of you... And it's dumb. When, when people fire back at you negative Nellies, you're so sensitive. Like, I fired back at one guy one time, twice, twice on the Twitter, on the text line. One dude took a screenshot and sent back in the text. I was like, yeah, we, we can see it right here, dude. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm it. I'm looking at the text I just sent to you that said, your opinions stink, take them somewhere else. And then the other one called up here. He called me a jerk. And look at you now. You're fired. Right. I, I'm, I, I don't have a job anymore. It's just most 99% of people can, dish, can shell it out. They can dish it, but they can't take it. So, I don't know why I felt like I needed to get on that bully pulpit, <laughs> I know. but here we are. And anyways, that's why, uh, that's why we and love that's, the Sooner fan base. That's why I love the Sooners. All right, we got a break. It's, uh, it's playing show. Top five stories today coming up right around the corner on the ref. Tonight, tonight, high school action on krefsports.tv. Includes Westmore at Edmond Memorial, 630 o'clock. I'm the dumbest person on the planet. At 6.30 o'clock, of course. At 6 p.m., Norman High is at Piedmont, a little volleyball action, and then Westmore at Moore tonight at 6 o'clock as well. That's right. Sports.tv. Are you yeah. on any of these? Yeah, I'm uh, Westmore at Moore, bringing you a little volleyball. Oh, duh. I'm like, I don't even see it on here. More war. The last one. I watched some uh, high school softball last night, Josh Helmer. How did it go? I feel pretty confident in saying this. I think Washington's going to win the state championship again. <laughs> are they are they like seriously pretty good though? They have a freshman pitcher named Ava, I believe it's Salcedo. Salcedo. That if things continue to progress for her, a chance. She's got a chance. She's got a chance. That's awesome. She's a lefty pitchers who can rake. But yeah, that was cool. So we got high school sports coverage, krefsports.tv, and we've got a big event coming up. We're I, we're kind of like the tailgate show to it, so we'll be leading everyone into the excitement that's coming up. We have been 
massive, massive, or we've had massive amounts of success with the 64, 68, whatever it is now, team giveaway. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, we are doing it with college football. We'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings in Edmond from noon until 7 p.m. Instant prizes, multiple times per hours, but you have to be present to win. So come hang for a hang during lunch or maybe plan a late lunch or plan happy hour. But get out to Buffalo Wild Wings in Edmond. And we're what now six days away? Yeah. From it? Come hang. I don't know why I dug through my email to try to find it whenever it's sitting right here in front of my fat face. August twenty first. That's August twenty first. Next Monday. Buffalo Wild Wings in Edmond. Appreciate Armenia's Galleria. Fast Signs of Norman, and Riverwind Casino. Monday, August 21st, we'll see you out there. Top five stories of the day. Again, the big story, Winery, uh, Williams Winery ends up going to Missouri. And Nate Roberts is decommitted from Washington. A lot of belief he's – or decommitted from Notre Dame. A lot of belief he is on his way to Oklahoma. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref.